Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris, Rob, and Willie, part of the Nova Insider Network. Almost forgot what part of the network that we fucking created. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, it is Sunday, March 5th at 10.17 p.m. This is March, so so welcome. Um, unfortunately, it cannot be Jermarch uh, for those who oh, were listening to the podcast last year. Germanuary, Germanuary, Jermarch. I don't know. We don't have a good. We don't have a good. We have March. We have Arch, who can be March. But yeah, yeah. Um, coming off a one-on-one week, um, the second half of this podcast, and when I mean half, I mean we're going to talk for like a little bit right now, and then we're not going to wait any longer, and we'll uh, have a quick thirty-second. Um, interlude and then we'll go right into the Colin interview but we got Colin coming up we actually as we're recording just already talked to him um, so we're just here to cover the first uh, the last two games this week and just a quick preview of the Big East tournament um, most of which we cover in the in the session that we did with Colin uh, but win one lose one this week um, win a really tough game at Seton Hall kind of like a rock fight of a game but with better shooting in the first half and then kind of really like a Villanova Seton Hall game in the second half Seton Hall then went on to absolutely obliterate the fuck out of Providence so what was wild what was a Q2 win uh, on Tuesday is now actually a quad one win so we did pick up a quad one win this week unfortunately it wasn't against UConn uh, so uh, so we did end up losing that game uh last night at the Wells Fargo Center we uh couldn't shoot the ball uh for the love of god could not it shoot the ball it wasn't great yeah. and then we started to lose on a couple 50-50 balls which I, I don't know some people are like oh it's effort and blah, blah blah I'm like I don't know like UConn's really fucking athletic and long and talented and plays really fucking hard too so yep. sometimes you just get beat and sometimes ball bounces the wrong direction and you guys you guys have Super athletic guys who were diving horizontal out of bounds and somehow able to save the ball and you know you you, you get beat um, technically by shot quality, which is <laughs> interesting. We actually technically won the shot quality uh, seventy one to seventy. But uh, we can send I, we can send that stat to the committee uh, so they that can factor that in. Yeah, yeah. All that to say, there is no at large hope, um, and. Not that there was a big one to begin with, but now it's completely done and dusted. And we know the ask. We must win the Big East tournament, which starts on Wednesday at 8 p.m. for us, which we play Georgetown, led by Primo Spears and Patrick Ewing, who will be playing their last games if you will of uh both of their georgetown careers Le- leadership uh, we could put leadership in quotes i think at this yes point. yikes yes they're yes transitioning 100%. out yeah so yep. guys real quick here a- any like overriding thoughts takeaways from this week's games i mean go, go ahead, ahead. well at the end of the day not really like 
all we really did was eliminate the like small chance of the at large, which honestly was probably fool's gold. And I think it's honestly a little bit easier just to be like clear mind, go win four. If not, we're not in. Our backs are against the wall, but like no real takeaways. The UConn game, it happens. Um, UConn's one hell of a team. Um, I'm glad we pulled out the Seton Hall win. Um, my big my big takeaway is if we lose to Georgetown, Kyle Neptune goes 16 and 16 again, which is interesting. So you know, maybe Kyle Nepper is just a 500 coach, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm with you. Also, not a ton of takeaways. I know last week we talked last week. Wow. Last week we talked about seeing the upside of this team and seeing what they could become and how that got us to the point where we were hoping to potentially make this run and somehow play our way into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, that doesn't happen. Does that you know change my view on the team as a whole? No, not necessarily. I mean, you know, you still see what this team was and they've, you know, the trials and tribulations they've been through and what they've accomplished. So, yeah, we, we now know what we have to do. It's a, a really, really tall task, but there's always a chance. You know, just a couple of years ago, Georgetown went on that run. So I guess uh, hope is a hell of a drug. So here we go. One team is going to win three or four games in a row this week. So, so it has to happen someone has to win the games so why not us why not us is uh is definitely my take look i actually think that the path kind of worked out a little bit in our favor i kind of was toggling between what i didn't want xavier in our thursday game that was the one thing that like became crystal clear to me over the last week i like, did not want xavier on thursday i thought that was asking a lot but and we just learned, actually, um, while we were recording with Colin, we learned that Fremantle uh, is out for the season now. So maybe that changed my opinion a little bit, but not really. I was happy to see Xavier go on Friday, whereas on Thursday, we're going to get Creighton. And I was toggling between who I wanted more, Creighton or Providence. I think matchup-wise, I think we match up better with Creighton. Uh, but I feel like Providence is kind of flailing down the stretch here. Yeah, But, um, you know, because we got Creighton, I'm going to point out the positive here is that on our side of the bracket, you have you have likely Thursday night participants in us. Hall, who's obviously close by, but they play the seven o'clock game. So the fans that go there are going to leave. Um, and then Xavier and Creighton. And so Villanova fans like go. Because because we have every opportunity to kind of have home court at MSG on Thursday night. So for me, I'm like, I look at that. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, look, you got the Midwest bracket that you kind of wanted. And if the path is Creighton followed by Xavier, at least you have an opportunity to kind of have a little bit of home court advantage in that process. It's yeah. something. We're we're uh, we're, I mean, we're grabbing, grabbing onto everything we yeah, can look, at this look, point. Uh, are you grabbing for straws or milking a I, cow? I, I can't even tell what the hell. <laughs> I, I haven't milked a cow, so it's just my guess at this. Straws. That was this is the end of the season. I've got nothing left, so I'm I'm milking the cow. No, yeah. that was absolutely incredible. One, because Chris went on some rant with numbers and dates and stuff, and people zoned out, and then Rob did the <laughs> Hands thing that didn't make any sense. 
Chris is, Chris is trying to talk us into us winning the Big East tournament. And I, everybody's like, what yeah. What part cool, of cool. me? Chris cool. needs a Venn diagram to explain what he's explaining. Someone's like, yeah, this is an audio podcast, so I don't fucking know. Yeah. And then right, I'm like, look at this. This, yeah. is our, <laughs> this is the bracket, and we got to do this thing to this thing. We play an ABC game for the crowd. That's the hits. If I'm, you go I'm, on YouTube, I will share my screen so I could show you the stats. Do the uh, also, Chris, can you address you put out a tweet that I mocked <laughs> a lot, and you put out our records with and without players, not explaining that a lot of the games overlapped. So if you added up all those games, we would be like 56 and 71. <laughs> <laughs> and you have an accounting background, you have to understand that's not how that works, right? Uh, I'm an auditor and we work under the concept of it has to just be close enough to make sense. So oh, right. GAP. Yeah. That's the right. Yeah. GAP okay. is not it. That's what I'm saying. That's, not that's, it. A, that's a clothing store. <laughs> that's not yeah, it. Yeah, generally accepted practice. <laughs> I feel like pausing is a good pause. Let's just move on to the college. We're very punchy right now. Yeah. We're feeling punchy. We're feeling punchy. Oh Look, God. guys, it's the last. Guaranteed week of the season. We lose to Georgetown. We're not going to even make yeah. the NIT. That's um, the thing, yeah. So oh, it's the last guaranteed week of the season. It's been a fucking hell of a ride. We're trying to have a little bit of fun with this. On the back half of the podcast, or the next part of the podcast, Doug, all with Colin, we hit on like just a variety of topics. Great conversation. Really, really good conversation. And, uh, and I definitely encourage you to listen to the end because at the end, even Willie does this rapid fire bit. And we hit we hit Colin on a couple different things, including really just trying to dig in deep on this whole medium well stake order thing. Yep. Like we 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 went there. So it's uh and that wasn't the only went there topic of conversation that came up. But credit to Colin, man. He was he was electric in the interview. Yeah. So he uh he let his feelings be known in a lot of different topics. So I definitely encourage you guys to listen. And uh, and he's definitely got uh, a lot to say. And we talked about his undefeated record as a player in the Big East tournament. And you might be saying, well, wait a second, what, 2021? Uh, nope. He didn't play in 2021 because he was hurt. So he is literally 9-0. So mad. Um, Big East tournament games. Yep. Boom. Boom. Milk that cow, baby. I just, just to wrap up, I just, or with the, like the Big East tournament, I just kind of want to have some fun. Like I want to beat Georgetown and then I just want to have fun. Like I want to, I want us to be playing on Friday night because that's just fun, you know? So that's yes. what I'm about. Can we have some fun yeah. on this ride? And then if it goes to the NIT, sick, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll do some Look, NIT stuff. If we win on Thursday, it gives me at least 18 hours to gas everybody the fuck up for us to yep. lose to Xavier on, on Friday night. So, that's that's what I want to be. I want to be full gas on Friday. Hold on, just I just thought of something. If we win enough, the NIT also has games on campus. If you're like one of the hosting teams, yeah. So if we were to get, we to could the, theoretically have a scheduling conflict. I, that's what exactly what I was just about to get yes. to. With so, the women's team, yeah, with the women's team. Theoretically, the women's team could also, who honestly is, they're going to be a top four seed if they beat UConn tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. They'll probably be a top three seed. They'll be hosting an NCAA tournament game. One of the regions will likely be, or like a sub-region will be at Villanova. And then if the men's team goes far enough into the NIT, because they'd need to like move up the rankings a bit, but if they go far enough into the NIT, um, so realistically, if we get till Saturday, 
there's a chance that we're hosting a game as well. So could be an interesting thing to look out for. Brian, Go ahead. have they tapped you guys at all for tickets to any of this? No communication yet. Uh, well, the Big East, you had the ones for the Big East tournament. Which no, was, not the Big East. No. I yeah, yeah. So, well, I didn't know there'd be a home game. And in my head, I was like, is that a, I don't know if that's all for disease ticket holders first or if it's open. So, that is an interesting thing I can try to chase down. It really you depends on where you about get that right now. Yeah, yeah. That's, I guess, the end of the end of the week. But yep. can I play us out um, from Willie, like what Willie wants into the Colin interview? All right, guys. All right. We're not going to delay it any longer. Stick around. Give us 30 seconds. We'll be on. Uh, with Colin Gillespie. Good long interview, but definitely worth listening to uh, going into it. Two quick reminders before I go. One, I'm going to the Fanta thing on Tuesday night, so be there. I'll be at the Garden on Wednesday night, and I have tickets for Thursday. Should we advance, come find me. I'll be in the 100 section for both nights. So that's all I got for you. Everybody just have a good time yeah. And we gon' make you lose your mind Woo. Everybody just have a good time Alright everybody, welcome back. It's it's the Full 40, Chris, Rob, and Willie. Um, back to you with a special interview uh, with none other than the legend himself, Colin Gillespie. I don't need to go over all of the accolades that he's had, uh, but uh, Colin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. So, so Colin, we want to definitely talk to you about the upcoming men's Big East tournament, but I want to start with the women's Big East tournament that's current, currently going on. It's just about 8, 10 p.m. on Sunday night, and we just watched the Wildcats close out Creighton. Um, Maddie Segrist goes for 37 in the dub. I think she's got like over 960 points this year, which is something just absolute craziness. Um, and they'll face UConn in the final. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity uh, to, to give your thoughts on, uh, on Maddie and uh, the Big East player of the year there. Yeah, she's been incredible uh, all year, obviously putting up some crazy numbers. Uh, but on top of all that, they're winning. I think they're like 28 and five right now. So um, Coach Dillon has done a really great job there. Is this her second or third year? I think, I think it's your three. Th I think it's three. three. Yeah. 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 So they've just been getting better and better every year. And uh, Maddie's kind of been the head of the snake and she does it all. So um, scores, rebounds, and she needs to pass, she'll pass. But um, she's been unstoppable all year. She was great last year. And um, I think she was a year after me when she came in and she broke her ankle or foot. And uh, nobody really knew what she could do because she didn't get the chance to play that year. But then the next year, I think she was a freshman, and she averaged like 18 or 19 a game. And we were like, oh, shit, she's she's nice. She's the real deal. So uh, she's been doing it for a long time. Oh, yeah. So actually, you were right before we jumped on, you were uh, complaining about the uh, oh, man. That call. They tried to fuck us. <laughs> they tried to get us today. Yeah. But, uh, thank God it was a five-point swing. And they came down with the rebound, and, and they sealed it up and put it away. But I would have been pissed for them. Um, I was watching and it, I saw that coach Dylan was, was pretty upset about the call when they made it, but, um, yeah, I was going to be sick for them if they, if they ended up losing that game because of that. Yeah. And they're in the position right now where you said, you said at 28 and five, um, they had this game against UConn on, uh, on, uh, tomorrow night on Monday, but 
they have a chance to to get even like as high as a three seed. They've been the four seed kind of coming into those brackets. So a three seed would be would be great. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe the first two rounds of the women's tournament for top four seeds is at home. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they haven't been the, the the couple years that they were in it. They haven't been at home. They've always had to go somewhere else. But um, having it at home, I, they had their first sellout in a while uh, a couple weeks ago against UConn. So um if they if they do end up getting a home uh, a home game for the first two weeks or the first two games or whatever it is, um, they need to pack that place and uh, really support the uh, support them because they deserve it. I mean they've they've won all year, um, and they're starting to get the recogni- recognition that they deserve. But uh, yeah, they got to go support them and uh, make sure that place is packed. Speaking of recognition. Maddie doesn't get the recognition she deserves nationally. So I'll give you an opportunity to uh, make the case for, uh, for Maddie as uh, national player of the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's leading the, the country in scoring. Uh, she's up there in rebounds. She's averaging like 30 and 10 a game. So, uh, and it's not like they're not a great team. They're 28 and five. They're top 15 in the country. Um, and now they're in a position to win a big East championship. So I don't know what else she'll have to do. Obviously, there's other great players out there in the country, but um, the season that she's having, I think she deserves it. She's put up 50 in a college game, which is not done a lot at, at any level. So um, especially in college, the way the defense is allowed to be played in um, that situation. So I think, I mean, it's hard not to give it to her, but it's political, man. It is what it is. And I know she probably doesn't really care about it. She probably just wants to win and go as far as she can. It's definitely her last year, too. I mean, we won her back at Nova, but she's a pro. She's got to go. Five pick, you got to go. Without a doubt. Got to go if you're a top five pick. All right. Speaking of speaking of going pro, Colin, obviously you've had a, a challenging year with the injury. Um, any, any updates there? How's the recovery going? And how's that process taking uh, place? Yeah, I mean, I'm getting better. Uh, one of my tougher injuries, obviously, I thought my knee was hard, and then this happened, and I was yeah. like, there's nothing like this injury, uh, waiting for your bone to heal, just kind of, it's just a long process, because there's not much that I could really do, but just continue to rehab, try to continue to um, put myself in the best position to uh, be ready to play when I can play and when I can get back, but um, yeah, it's just kind of a waiting game now for my bone to kind of calcify and fill in, so um it's been an interesting year for sure obviously hard at times but uh, i'm getting to learn from a lot of great guys we have a great locker room we're playing well so i'm able to learn the game and just see it at a different uh from a different perspective and hopefully next year when i can get on the floor um i'll be ready to go how has that been uh your process through the rehab just like it sounds like denver's been a really good place for you they've supported you throughout the entire process how has it been building relationships where most of it frankly is probably off the court where you're getting closer with coach malone and everything like that yeah i mean like you said i'm super grateful for the opportunity that i'm in because you see it a lot two-way guys if you get hurt um sometimes they don't keep you and uh they'll bring somebody else in but um the front office and, and coach Malone were super supportive when I first got hurt and when they found out and um, they stuck with me and I'm just extremely grateful for the opportunity and uh, being able to kind of just be around the guys at all times, learn from, learn from our vets and our older guys. Cause we have guys who have been in the league for a while. And uh, like you said, just building those relationships uh, off the floor as well. And 
uh, making sure that I'm just holding myself accountable, showing up to things on time and treating it as if I was still playing. So, um, yeah, it's been really good so far. They've been great for me. And I'm just looking forward to kind of just continue to progress and, and get back as quickly as I can. The rules in college were a little bit different when you had an injury, right? Like, so you can spend a lot more time with the NBA team, right? Than it was in college. You had to, there was like a degree of separation, especially when you're on the road. Is that am um, I remembering that correctly? I remember you at the I remember you at the Baylor game in 2021, kind of like sitting in the stance. So I was yeah, I was it was different for them because of COVID. So like uh, if I was hurt, if I was hurt, uh, say my junior year, I could go and travel with the team wherever. But um, because of COVID, they started the bubble. They went right from MSG uh, after the Big East tournament to I think Indianapolis was the site mm-hmm. for the. Yeah tournament so they went right there and they had to quarantine and, and stay inside their little bubble and i had my surgery for my knee uh the day before our georgetown game and i was gonna try and go meet them when they left new york to go to indianapolis but i wasn't in the right shape and uh, the right state of mind to go so um, i was at home for a couple weeks and then i went out there for the baylor game but i wasn't gonna quarantine so me and dada went out and we were in the stands we flew with forget who we flew with we flew out there and um we went literally for that game and i was back at campus that night and then i saw the guys later that night when they got back gotcha cool but it's different now i mean i'm able to be around the team at all times and um i don't really have any kind of uh, boundaries for when i can and can't be around gotcha okay what's what's been um kind of the biggest difference you've noticed between NBA culture and obviously you know you've seen it in your experience is different than you know necessarily if you're on the court but what's been the biggest difference that stood out NBA to college um in terms of the game or just off the floor and like I, I mean even I'm, I'm just curious off the floor too I think just the travel um the amount of games you're playing two college seasons condensed into one so that alone itself is a lot um having to just make sure you're taking care of your body uh, every day and you don't practice nearly as much uh, it's kind of just a lot of on the go on the move and uh, younger guys will do stuff way more than older guys will or got who or guys who are playing so uh, a lot of extra work there but you're kind of traveling a lot uh, preparing for games you can't really scout teams because you're playing one team one night and then you fly to the next city and play somebody 18 hours later so uh, it's definitely difficult to prepare but uh, you get a good feel since you play teams so many times, but I think the travel is probably the biggest difference because you're going from place to place almost every other night. Yeah, total sense. Makes sense. All right, so we turn our attention to uh, Big East, uh, the Big East tournament coming up, and we figured we had to bring Colin on because uh, I don't know if anyone's been better <laughs> in Big East play. And we know the ask now, Villanova is not going to make their way into the NCAA tournament without going undefeated this week in the garden. So who better than to bring on a guy who happens to be undefeated in the garden to tell us how to do it. Uh, but uh, thank you for, uh, again, thank you for coming on, but it's uh, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. We think we got a, we think we got a decent road or path in front of us matchup wise. Uh, but um, but I'm curious to get your thoughts as to how you found your way to get ready mentally, physically, uh, going into these you know three or four in a row, uh, four day in a row game gauntlets. Yeah, I mean, 
they talk about it. They're, they're talking about it now. I mean, you don't think about – you think about one game at a time. Like, you can't even think about the next night or whoever's in front of you or playing on the other side of the bracket because it could end like that. Like, it goes super fast, um, and you can't take it for granted. I mean, you got to play each night, and um, guys who play Wednesday have played that game, and then guys who are waiting on Thursday haven't played for, like, almost six days or five or six days. So um, it's definitely hard if you're in that Thursday slot and you're watching guys who play Wednesday night and then having to play a team that's played already uh, kind of has a little bit of flow uh, going into the game. And I think that happened to us last year. We played St. John's. We got mm-hmm. down like 17 or 18. Yeah. Um, and nobody really batted an eye. We were just like, listen, it's a game of runs and um, just make sure we compete and play for 40 minutes and, and anything could happen. And, we knew how good they were. Every team is playing their best basketball at this time of the year. So um, you got to be ready to go and compete on every possession. You can't have uh, moments where you're not playing hard and uh, taking possessions off because everything counts and every little play matters. So um, I think that's the approach that we always talk about, we always take, and um, that's what's kind of ultimately made us successful. What's the physical – like? Uh, so I totally get that point that you mentioned about – about how it's it's somewhat difficult to play a team coming off that has some their tournament legs under them, if you will, coming off a Wednesday game into into Thursday, and we get to be that team this year, um, hopefully. Uh, but the but what's it like in terms of as the tournament goes on? Is it is it are you guys just so well conditioned that you really don't feel it? The adrenaline's pumping, or does it really start to take a toll on your body down the stretch? No, it takes a toll on your body for sure. I remember going to the Creighton game last year, and I was exhausted. Like, I, I think the first half was bad. Like, I don't think – I don't know if I made a shot or I, I don't know if I had a point. Um, but your legs are heavy, uh, especially if you're playing, like – I think both of our games were, like, one- or two-point games our first yeah. two games last year. So we were playing, like, 40 minutes a game. Um, and you feel it on that third day. And for this year, they're going to feel it if they get – if we're lucky enough we get to that fourth day they're going to feel it but um you rely on all of the work that you put in from summer to the fall and throughout the year I mean you play long games you play tough games and it's kind of you just got to gut it out at that point and uh, do whatever it takes to win so uh, definitely I was feeling it last year uh, by that third day three games in a row you're playing 35 to 40 minutes a game and you start to feel it in your legs but uh, that's the stuff that you kind of prepare for. You put yourself in those situations and uh, you want to play in those games. So at the end of those games, the adrenaline does take over, but going into it, you're, you're definitely uh, tired. What, what is, is it? Sorry, go ahead, Willie. I'm going to say the same thing. Go. You can go. <laughs> we'll see. Um, <laughs> what is it like a, a, like after a game? So like, for example, you beat, you beat St. John's and you got to face UConn the night, the next day, right? Like, what does that recovery process look like to try and make you as fresh as possible at, at tip in the next game? Exact same question. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of water. Uh, hydration is really important. Um, getting a meal in you as soon as you get back, trying to go to sleep at a decent hour, which is so hard after playing a game, especially I think we had the late game. We were two seed last year, so we had like seven or nine game. So you're yep. going to sleep at like – game probably ends at like 9 9 30 you're not going to sleep till like one especially if you play after a game it's impossible to sleep for some reason so 
Um, just making sure you get a meal in you, hydrate, uh, cold tubs. Um, we Do use, they still use those things? I remember from inside Villanova basketball, there was these like contraptions that they wore on their legs. Yeah, <laughs> air cast or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we call them boots. Uh, we use those. Uh, we all They all have their own set of them, so they're just in their room put those on at any time you want and they they'll walk around and uh with the training staff they'll do cold tubs in their in their bathtub so that was honestly one of the worst parts about it uh because it was freezing but um they definitely make sure that that you're ready and they'll do anything for you that so that you're prepared is there anything you took from the first Big East title run that you went through in 2018 that you brought to last year's something that maybe picked up from Jalen Tay Mikhail anyone like that Oh, that was so long ago. Um <laughs> uh, I don't who we played Marquette first. Marquette Butler. That was Robert. a blowout. Yeah. Butler was a blowout. And then yeah, Butler Providence. was 19 nothing before Laval Jordan called timeout. Yeah. yeah. And then Providence. <laughs> bold bold and strategy. Providence was a dog fight. Um I didn't really play a lot in that Big East championship game. Uh I played maybe in the first half. I don't know if I played in the second half, but um, just the attention to detail, like I got to watch all of those guys go through that and kind of just learn from them and, and see how they approach uh, each day. Um, and it's normally always the same. So um, I learned a lot from those guys, just the way they take care of their bodies, uh, how important hydration and eating was in that time. And, and your rest is really important, trying to stay off your feet as much as you can, uh, just laying up and getting rest. So I think those four things or five things is really important. And then um, your attention to detail with the scout is probably the biggest thing in those four days because you don't really have time to prepare. So you have like two times, three times to go over it. Um, after playing a team three times a year, uh, things could change, but uh, it's little things that matter and, and the little details of knowing the scouting report and which way people drive or um, the sets that they like to run which is really important because then you have a kind of a leg up and advantage. You know what's going on and you're kind of mentally working instead of physically working. You could kind of learn how to cheat the system a little bit. That was what it was for me, at least. Yeah. Given, given that it's going back to the, the point you were talking about um, in the NBA and you talk about that quick turn with the scout, given that you guys have already played all of these teams twice during the year, is it more of just a quick refresh getting into the next day or are you guys going through like a full planning session again? Um, it's almost like a quick refresh depending on when you play the team. Uh, Cause you could have played them really early in the year, especially with the way the big East now is you could play them like one week and then literally the next week you're playing them again. I think that happened yeah, with Creighton. for these yeah. guys this year, they played them like back to back weeks. So um, you could see the team twice early in the year and then not until the big East tournament. And you, it's probably you'll probably go through more of a scout, like a bigger scout. But if you just played a team last week, it's kind of more just like a little refresh uh, to get you back into like which way people drive, which like what their tendencies are and uh, what they like to do. So uh, I think it's probably that just smaller, a uh, little quick refreshers. Gotcha. Yeah, I got an important question in terms of the rest. So I feel like this gets talked about a decent amount. But I'm I'm always curious. Who was the worst roommate you had throughout your uh, your Nova tenure? Worst roommate. Worst, man. yeah. Are we talking like on the road? Like yeah, yeah, on the road, on the road. Hotel, the night before games. Um, I had great roommates. 
Jalen was obviously my first year. JQ was my second year. Brian was the year after that for two years. And then I had Brizzy last year. Um, they were all good. I mean, like, you can't really do anything crazy when you're in the room because they have us on lockdown. Like, you don't leave the hotel. You're not up late. Um, and most of the time, I was probably up later than all of my roommates anyway because it's hard for me to sleep before games. So, um no, all my roommates were great, and I don't know if – I mean, I had some quiet guys besides Jalen. Jalen was a little crazy sometimes. Oh, interesting. All right, always the politician here is still calling. We can't, we can't get anything out of you killing us. No, I mean, I, I'm not about to snitch on my roommates neither. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Maybe Colin was the bad roommate. That's Actually, that's probably true. That's, that's they probably were annoyed because I was definitely up like – I was up later than them. I would be on we like we didn't have our we weren't allowed to have our phones. So I would just sit there, watch TV. Um Oh, you're that guy. So the TV's blaring or like No, no, no. I don't have it loud. Okay, like I'll right. just have it on. I would have like something on until I would get tired because I just wouldn't be able to sleep before games, the night before games. Um, I gotta know real quick, who got Villanova basketball players into Outer Banks? I just need to know. Uh who started that? Honestly, it was all of us because we what year would what year did it come out? I think it was, it, it was quarantine, right? It was quarantine, yeah. I watched it in my basement in quarantine one night, but I wasn't like paying attention. I was playing video games and I needed something on like in the background. So I threw it on and I was like, This is so corny. And then I like was like, wait a minute, and I like played it back and I rewatched it and I was like, This is so good. <laughs> But, so good. You know, Thank you. Yes. Everybody was kind of just like into it. I know Brizzy loved it. And then there was a lot of people that re- I saw reposted it when it, uh, they announced it was like starting up again. But I don't think anybody really was like uh, the initiator and like, oh, you guys need to watch this. I think we all just watched it and we all agreed that it was really good. And then people just started like talking about it way more. It just took off. I love that. That's funny. I just I remember seeing you guys, a bunch of guys. It was literally everybody. I know what you're talking about. It was literally yeah. Like, like yeah. I was like, wait, do they they actually like this show? Like what? everybody reposted it. But yeah, are you a pogue or a kook? I would probably like to think I'm a pogue, but I'm definitely a kook. <laughs> so oh. It is what it is. You could be team pogue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have I no idea st- what you guys are talking about. I haven't started it. But just <laughs> I'm, I'm a cuckoo steampunk. How's that? Oh my yeah, gosh. You're you like, can... you're like uh, what's her name? Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are, I, I feel bad. Uh, Bilotti and Willie haven't watched it. I've been a huge OBX fan since like day one. <laughs> I was so jacked up for season three, which I was disappointed in, but we can have a separate segment. How are you on, disappointed but... in it? Oh, I mean, do we want to get into this? It was just like, I don't think we do. There were so <laughs> many, there were so many plot lines. Brian didn't. Yeah, they were all over the place. All over the place. Thank you. They were. Yeah, but I still, I still had a good time. Can we just confirm or deny? I've I've asked this. Is there time travel in that show? No. No. Making this up. I don't know who told me that. Everyone curious, dude. Whoever told you that lied to you, Brian. There's like magic about teenagers hunting treasure because their parents fought. All right. Well, I have a misunderstanding (laughs) of this show. Great. (laughs) Terrible. All right. All right. It's a good question. Yeah, we can we can get back on track now. I love it. Um, so, so I guess if you're advising these guys, they're coming off a uh, they're coming off a tough loss to UConn um, on Saturday night. 
at the Wells Fargo Center there. Um, Honestly, it's a good thing. What's up? It's a good thing. Okay. I like that. That's really good. I don't know what happened to us last year or if we won, like, going into it, but, like – You won. The dude, last game that you guys lost was it was, was actually UConn, UConn right? Yeah. yeah, yeah it was UConn. But it was, it was um, like, three weeks earlier. I think the last game was Providence, I think. Um, no, it was Providence and Butler. Butler. That was it. Butler. But, you were at the road at Hinkle. You blew him yeah. out. It was at home, I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? No. No, the, it was, no, home. It was home. It was the road. The, the home game, they won by, like, 40. 40, yeah. <laughs> I remember the home game, just, yeah. But anyways. Yeah, we got screwed in that UConn game when we started on it. <laughs> but it Sounds is what like it is. But, I mean, it. I think it's a good thing. Like, I think that's why, like, for me, like, thinking about the Big East as a whole, Marquette not losing to St. John's the other day could come back and hurt them because it's hard to beat teams three times in a year because um, they're throwing new things at you. Um, and they're just that much more like hungry to beat you and, and you're on top, they want to knock you off. So um, it's that much harder to kind of just win out through the whole year and then go into Big East tournament. And you kind of like, you have a target on your back. Everybody's looking at you. So I think it's just the, it's not like you never want to lose a game, but um, these guys will refocus, they'll learn from it. They'll go back, watch film. Um, they'll see things that they got to be better at. And uh, I hope, that they that they learn from it and just grow and uh, go into the tournament just hungrier, humble, and um, try to just get after it each night. Yeah, so I, so I mean, it's good to hear that. I, I definitely, I, I would imagine, definitely gets people hungrier going into it. Um, obviously, there was a thought, a minor thought, but a thought that they had a chance at an at-large bid if they were able to win that game and then whatever. I don't know if the guys, I don't know if the guys even think that way. They're just thinking about uh, next game, next game, next game. Yeah, I mean, that's the way they think. But for me personally, it would have been hard, even if they were like, win at UConn, get to the championship, lose in the championship. I don't know if they get that bid uh, either way. It would have been yeah. really tough. Um, I think going into it, they would have had to win out. Even if they won yesterday, I thought they would have had to, to win out in a Big East tournament. It would have been really hard unless some quad one or quad two wins changed um, and, and teams got better from that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's you got to go through the tournament and it's one game at a time. Yeah, uh, That's the way that they think and um, can't really look ahead. You got a Georgetown team that's likes to play spoiler. It happened a couple of years ago. Um, they played they a play lot of people tough. Us, they, yeah, they played us tight at home. Uh, they were up for a little bit of the game when we were away this year. So um, anything can happen, especially as March, Spiggy's tournament, like anything can go. So you got to take it one game at a time. In terms of the draw, so you, so I get that the team's got to take it one game at a time. You don't have to anymore. I was, I was looking at this like the whole <laughs> week and I was like, yesterday, I'm like, how is this going to play out? I was talking to Jermaine. I was like, are we playing Creighton? We need Creighton to win so that Providence can stay there. I was like, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I was excited to, like, just see what it was when it finished. I mean, I think we have a pretty good draw going into it. Creighton we've beaten already. Xavier we've beaten already. Um, and those are two the two top teams, like, on and our on side. On our side, yeah. yeah. Um, There's Hall in there, too. Um, yeah. But... And they have to – they would play Xavier most likely, right? Yeah, so they, they'd have to play DePaul on Wednesday if they win that game, which I expect them to, given how they looked against Providence the other night, uh, the other day. 
Um, they, they play Xavier right before we play. Um, so they play Xavier in the two seven game. Yeah. Does it reseed? No, it does not. It does not. So our path would look like Georgetown, then Creighton, then the winner of Xavier versus Hall. I guess theoretically DePaul could be in there. I don't think they're going to advance that far. And then, and then the winner of the other side of the bracket, which the top three teams on the other side of the bracket are UConn, uh, Providence, and Marquette. Yeah, I mean, I was praying for Providence. I wanted Providence so bad. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted Providence so bad. I mean, I like it doesn't really matter who you get because every team is good. But I wanted Providence bad. Yeah, is that because you feel like they've they've fallen off defensively of late, or is it because the three beating a three team three times? Yeah, like beating a beating a team three times. I think they like. I don't. There's a lot of teams in the Big East that definitely don't want to see us. But I thought we played them tight at home. We played them tight at Providence, and then let the game slip away at the end of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I thought Justin's starting to get his legs back under him. You could kind of see that in the way that he's moving around. Um, and then we're just starting to – these guys are going to gel as they play together more. Obviously, last night didn't look good, didn't look pretty, but um, I wanted Providence bad. <laughs> well, yeah, I I was thinking that way too. But uh, I think Creighton's not a terrible matchup because I feel like we they struggle with our switching. Yeah, and they definitely – I mean, Kalkbrenner, it's hard for him to go out and guard Eric, obviously, like yep. you saw the other day. Like, it's hard for him to, to go out and guard guys on the perimeter, especially if we're just picking and popping. Um, but I think they have one of the best five in the Big East uh, in just terms of, like, one through five, like, top to bottom. Um, and they have everybody that's kind of been through it before. Like, they have everybody back from last year's run, minus – uh, I think it was Alex O'Connell and, and Hawkins. And yeah. they brought in Shireman, who's an older guy. Um, so, I mean, I think they have a lot of guys that have the pieces to be able to get through the tournament. So um, it's definitely going to be a battle. I mean, we got to get through Georgetown first, but Creighton is another team that's very, very good. Um, and then, obviously, we've beaten Xavier. I think they're very tough. Um, and Seton Hall, anything can happen with them. They just beat the shit out of Providence. So. <laughs> But I'm curious to see what happens on the top of the the top half. That's what's interesting to me. UConn is playing really well. Obviously, Cooley is Cooley. He's going to have his guys ready, and they're going into MSG, and they claim that it's their second home or whatnot. But so does um, UConn. So so do we. <laughs> it's like everyone. But it's really that. ours. I mean, that who else is? Nobody's won more than us. Nope. I don't know what people are fucking talking about. <laughs> it's their second home. They haven't won anything. But I mean, yeah, Creighton's been there a ton. That like, Creighton's been in the championship a ton. They haven't gotten it done. So, and then I'm curious to see what Marquette does because literally yeah. none of their guys have ever done anything in MSG. So, do you feel like the East Coast teams have an edge at MSG with the fans, or is it really 94 by 50 and you tune it out? No, I mean, like our fans are always loud in there. Uh, Providence fans are loud in there. UConn's fans are loud, but like at the end of the day, it just comes down to like who's playing better and like fans. I at least for us, we don't really. There's outside noise. It just doesn't really do much. I'll hit it from a different angle. So a lot of times, 
you get so we get one home we get one away game at St. John's every year. Now the game that you lost at St. John's was the year that Carter they Seca. were they was at Carnesecca. Mm-hmm. But every other year we play at MSG there and we did this year. Do you, do you feel like that playing in that arena once a year gave gives an edge? Yes, I do. Um I think it's definitely because years prior we played in there like multiple times because we always had like Sarah we had Syracuse there last year we had Gonzaga yep. my freshman year UConn my sophomore year uh junior year we probably had a game there I don't remember but um we played St. John's there but it's always good when you can get in there kind of get a feel for the arena before so like there's gonna be teams and people like freshmen sophomores who haven't played in games like you could sit on the bench. Like I'm curious, the kid from uh, UConn, Hawkins. Like he's played in there before, but he hasn't played in like a big, like Big East game. Like he didn't. I don't think he played against us last year. Where like fans are going crazy. Like the game is tight. The Big East tournament's on the line. Like now I want to see how like you're going to react to those situations and like what you're going to be able to do and if you're going to be able to produce in in tight situations where you got to make something happen. So. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting, but I definitely think there's an advantage to playing there once a year. Um, and like, you get comfortable, like St. John's was comfortable playing there last year and they were beating the shit out of us for 30, 30 minutes. minutes. <laughs> so that brings me back to, so that end of that St. John's game, it was uh, Slater hitting free throws to ice the game. Consistently over the last, let's say six years, we are the best free throw shooting team in the country. What what is that? Is that just drilling? Is that attention to detail? Because everyone's trying it, but how are we mastering it? Like what what do you hear online? Like what is the perception that like you guys hear uh, in terms of like us making free throws? Uh, hold on, I'm gonna pull one up from Seton Hall fan because I got it. I I have it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out. He's actually been on the podcast before, but he uh, I gotta find the tweet. He literally was, when we were playing them on Tuesday, he, he was tweeting out. He was like, are you fucking serious? They're 17 of 17 from the line. Oh, my God. They're 19 of 19 from the line. Like We finished like 22 of 23. I think the last free throw was missed like the last two seconds of the game. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But like, uh, what, is the, what is the perception of like, what do you guys think it is? Like, do you think there's like a secret like that we have? Like we like blast like – arena noise while we're shooting free throws or something it has to be attention to detail in like your form or something like that but i can't figure it out because everyone improves year over year free throw shooting we're consistent with it so i'm like it has to be something just programmatically that's taught but i i'm i'm curious i need to know i'll give you my i'll give you before you go i'll give you my perception my perception is that the the, the rumor around our program, or not rumor, but like the, the take on our program is that, especially um, over the last like 10 years, is that we're like just really steady emotionally. Like you were, you and then Jalen before you were like the epitome of yeah. almost robotic in 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 that sense. So it, it almost it's like we're so robotic that you just get up to the line and everything's tuned out and you hit the free throw and there's nothing situationally that affects you. That's, that's, that's the, that's the best that I got. Yeah. So, I mean, we work on free throws every day. Like, I mean, we have a drill, like a team drill at the end of uh, every practice that we work on where if we're up one, we know exactly what we're doing. 
if we're up two, we know exactly what we're doing. If we're up three, four, et cetera, et cetera, like we know exactly what is going to happen and what we're going to do. And then vice versa. If we miss the free throw, we know exactly what we're doing. So I think doing that every day um, and just knowing like, we're not worried about if you like make it or miss. It's almost like yeah. a, a fuck it mentality. Like, all right, I'm going to go up to the line. I have two free throws. If I make the first one, good. If I miss the second one, let's go get a stop. Like we know exactly what we're doing. Um, and we're not putting, like, I'm not putting pressure on one of my teammates. Like, Oh, we need to make this free throw. Like you shoot a hundred free throws after practice every day. We shoot as a team every day. Like I know you're working at it. So like, I'm not going to get pissed off at you if you miss this. Like it is like, just go up there with no fear and just shoot the free throws. Like you work on this stuff every day. So I think that's what it really is. At least for me, that's what it was. Um, I wasn't scared to be like, oh, the game's online. I'm going up there. If I miss it, we're going to lose. Like, that wasn't even what I was thinking about. It's like, all right, we're up to, if I make this, we're doing this and this and this. And we would talk about it as a team. And then, like, you have your own little routine. Like, as you're shooting your free throws, you want to talk to yourself so you're not thinking about anything else. Like, oh, I'm dribbling the ball three times. So one, two, three, spin it, shoot. Like, point, wave, goodbye, whatever. Like, everybody has their own little thing. So I think it's that, and everybody has their own unique way of like putting their own touch on it but for me it was just like no fear of losing no fear of failure just like this is what it is yeah I work on it every day so like people on the outside can't say shit to me because they don't know what I do every day like they don't know how many free throws I shoot every day so what the trust in your work yeah I, I do like the approach though, of like make it or miss, like we know what we're doing. It does. I feel like inherently that should take off some of the pressure because it's like the backup plan's there. You just go execute it regardless. Of yeah, what like happens. you're not freaking out. Like, oh shit, if I miss this, we could lose. Like, if we're up three and I miss this and they have a shot to win, they're not even going to get a chance. I'm going to foul them before he gets a chance. Like, right. It, next, it, play, next play. Next play. Yeah, like, next play. Know yeah. what's going to happen? I like that a lot. That's cool. Um. So the 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 other uh, the one question I had for you about um, about kind of going through the individual games of the tournament. So Willie brought up Slater's free throws at the end of the St. John's game last year. I'll also bring up Slater's block versus UConn uh, last year, which was enormous. Um, but like, so there's the star power in the Big East tournament, and we've seen guards put teams on their back. Kemba comes to mind. You come to mind. Like like uh, Phil Booth comes to mind. You know, through throughout the years of a of a star guard putting a team on his back. But you can't do it all by yourself, and you need those moments, those winning plays, um, those winning plays to help you get over the hump. So like yeah, obviously Justin and and Caleb and Slater and Dixon are going to be asked to shoulder the load and be the stars. But who are you looking at as kind of like an X factor? Who's going to make that key free throw down the stretch. Who's going to make that key block or, and, or pick up that key rebound at the, at the end of a game. I mean, Slate's a fifth year guy. So, um, and he, he's, out there doing all the little things so he could be in the mix for it i'm curious to see what jordan does with more minutes um obviously still trying to get like health like fully healthy um i think mark is going to be really big in terms of handling the ball get us in, get us 
getting us in sets and um, he's just he's he's unique. Mark is unique because he could score uh, if you just put the ball in his hands. He he could score. He could pass. Um, so I think it really just depends. Like from game to game, I think our first game we went into it. We're pulling up to the arena. Eric's throwing up projectile vomiting in the bathroom on the bus. All right, we're like, oh, shit, what's going on? Walk into the arena, Jermaine's back locks up. He's like, I'm I'm literally in warm-ups, like layup lines. He runs back. He's like, I don't think I can play. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, we practiced all week. You've been fine. He was like, my I can't move. Like, my back's locked up. And I was like, all right, well, we're going in this with out two starters. It is what it is. Like, certain guys are going to have to step up. Um, Slate played well that game. Uh, Justin played well. Caleb started, which is like a sixth starter last year for us. So guys are just going to have to step up, and it could be a different guy each game, and it just depends on the way the game is going and the flow of the game. So um, it could be different guys, but Slate, Mark, Jordan, I think those are the three guys that come off. Archie, he's been he's been big in just terms of making like – the right Villanova play, taking charges, diving if we need energy. So um, it could be any one of those guys off the bench. And I think the starters just kind of have to carry the load in terms of making the right decisions, making the right plays, and uh, everything will fall in line. So something that we've I've heard multiple times with the 2016 team said it, the 2018 team said it, I felt like 2022 was the same thing. The idea that like you're playing your best basketball at the end of the year and you feel like you could still keep playing. And I remember at the beginning of the tournament last year, the Big East tournament, I kind of had this feeling. I was like, this feels like a team that like is just going to keep playing together. They're getting better. They're continuing to feel like grow the relationships. It just felt like there was still ceiling to uh, uncover. I know we think we say we're taking it one game at a time, but do you feel that in your bones? You're like, we're just, we, we're still, there's still more meat on the bone for us to reach, to reach. Yeah. I mean, especially like for us last year, I wasn't like, we got down 18 and I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh shit at all. Like we're down 18. It was just like, all right, there's 18 minutes left or 16 minutes left. Like, let's just, grind this out and take it one possession at a time. And then we ended up getting a bunch of stops. And the next thing you know, we were down one or we were tied or whatever it was. And, um, we were right back in the game and the games are long. So it's a game of runs and anything can really happen. But like you said, this team hasn't really had the full chance to play together like at all this season until right now. So they're probably just itching at the, like itching just to be able to play together and, and get as many games as they can in. And that's all we really talked about last year. Like, Let's just see how good we can be and just play as many games as we possibly can before it all ends. And um, if Justin didn't get hurt, we would have won. I yeah. believe I fully believe that. <laughs> yeah, I'm with him. Yeah. Word. Um, have you talked to the guys? Have you gotten a sense of their of their mood and and whatever? Is there any particular guys on the team you stay in touch with? Yeah, I talked to everyone. Okay. Uh, I talked to Eric a lot. Justin. I was talking to Caleb the other day. Um, Slate. Yeah, I talk to a lot of them all the time. What's the mood around the around the guys? Obviously, they've had a they, look. Yesterday was tough, but like they've had a really good run of late. Are they are they feeling confident? Are they feeling good about themselves? Yeah, definitely. I mean, whenever you go into a game, you feel confident, and I feel like they know like they they feel really good about like where they're at in terms of just trying to get better every day and not really worrying about wins and losses right now and just 
now it's time to just like put it all together. Um, they know what they have to do and um, they're just kind of just looking to just like, let's go. Like it's, it's time. So you played on one team. So obviously your 18 team was like, was maybe the best team in the history of college basketball. Uh, and then last year's team, you just said could have, could have, would have won the national championship if Justin Moore doesn't tear his Achilles in like the final 10 seconds of the uh, or minute of the game uh, versus Houston. But in the middle of that, you had um, the I 20 team. They could have won. Uh, in 20. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With, with you guys with Sadiq Bay. We had some teams that made some runs. Like, obviously, our sophomore year, Purdue beat – like, Carson Edwards beat the shit out of us. Like, yeah. That was, it was yeah. bad. <laughs> like, it, it is what – like, that stuff happens. Like, there yeah. was nothing that we were going to do. I think he averaged, like, 36 a game <laughs> across the, the tournament. And they should have went to the Final Four. Like, they lost to Virginia on a yeah. floor. Yeah, that was that yeah. miracle. Yeah. And then the year after was that was when it got canceled, right? That was COVID. You yeah. guys were running towards a three seed, and I really liked your chances that year. We had uh, Sadiq, J. Rob, Justin, Maine. We had a we had a squad. Yeah, Cole, you guys were Slate. Yeah, it was Cole, yeah. Slate. Brian was on the team. We had a lot of guys, and I like that year. And we were getting hot at the right time. We had yeah. went into Georgetown, then we went to Seton Hall. We won both of those games. Uh, so we were playing well. I think we lost three. It was like Providence at home, Creighton at home, Seton Hall at home, like all at Wells Fargo, lost all three of those. And then we like went, won the last two. We were like tied for regular season championship and we felt good about where we were at. Um, and then it, everything just got canceled. Yeah. yeah. After that, I got hurt. I thought we were had a really good chance. We were beating Baylor by yep. seven with like 10 minutes left and then they went they got bailed they went bailer on that team. We forgot, to, we forgot how to pass for <laughs> and then we could credit we could credit baylor a little bit on that they were yeah. that team was pretty good so that was davion mitchell hey yeah. man um we played them the year before and like the same like we we had the game one and i feel like if we like if i was playing that game i feel like we i i mean obviously i've never said we're gonna lose but i yeah. thought we <laughs> Yeah, I, Colin, you don't strike me as the guy who's going to be like, no, I think we're going to lose this one. That doesn't strike me as your mentality. <laughs> no, I have a lot of confidence. Of just, <laughs> whatever whatever team we have, we're going to go in and we're going to win. And I, I hope you let – Sorry, guys. I was, was going to say, I hope you let Christian Brown know every single time that if Justin wasn't hurt, that <laughs> – Oh, man. Every – like, because he likes to talk. Like, he's he always has me like – he like – he'll say it like in front of our teammates. He'll be like – Hey man, I sent this dude home crying. I'm like, Christian, like, do you not remember? Like, cause he was talking to me on the foul, like the foul line of like in the first half, like complimenting me. So I'm like, you were this same guy? You're the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was disarming you, Colin. I was, was like disarming you. I was like, you weren't guarding me, first of all. I was like, I should have shot way more. But and then I tell him, I was like, if Justin wasn't hurt, he was like, I was like, he would have been killing you. That's for sure. That <laughs> I was like, he would have been dogging you. But Love yeah, we, we joke around about it a lot. But and then at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? You can have it. I already have one. Yeah. Love that. Um, I want to go back to the 19 team because the 19 team was the team I feel like 
look, this has been a this has been a challenging year, um, obviously from a wins losses standpoint, and the fact that we got to win the Big East tournament to make it. I don't think we're I don't think we're saying anything that anyone doesn't already know. But the but that was the year that was probably the most difficult. You guys got beat up early by Michigan. A um, little bit of a retribution game there. Uh, but it was Ohio State, wasn't it? Michigan Ohio State was the following year. Ohio State was the following year. Yeah, you had Mich- Jay Michigan in the new pavilion. Michigan yeah. at the new at the new. Field. Oh, so you're talking about the the year with Phil and E? The year, yeah. yes, that's what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. That year was brutal. Holy so, shit! Yeah, you had guys coming back, so it was like a very kind of similar situation. It guys reminded off, me of this year. Yes, that's what I was going at. So you guys had coming guys coming back off of a national championship slash final four run, loaded so to speak. Some incomers. Um, that were theoretically supposed to add a lot of supposed to add a lot uh, to that team, and and it was just you 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 lose a game like Furman, which I'll analogize to like Portland. Um, you lose, you get blown out by Michigan, and, and then the rest of that team, the rest of that year was like turmoil. You, you you got on a stretch, and then you lost like Xavier, Georgetown, and St. John's back to back to back at some point in time in that year. Yeah. That was a tough year. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a hard year. You had, like, guys like Phil and E. Those guys were really, really ready. And then everybody else was, like, this is, like, new. Like, sophomores, me, Jermaine, and Dada. Um, like, playing. Like, I played, like, decent minutes my freshman year. Jermaine didn't really play at all. Like, he played spot minutes freshman year. Um before he got hurt, and then when he got back, he was kind of in and out of the rotation. Dada played a little bit and then dealt with injuries every summer. Um, And then our freshmen, like, I don't know how you expect freshmen. There's literally, like, 2% of freshmen now, like, come in and can really, really impact winning at a high level in college basketball. Like, it's hard to do when you're a freshman. Like, you're not going to come in and just, like, be – like. Brandon Miller, for example, like he's doing things that are not normal for freshmen normally, especially right. in the last like five years. But it's like it's tough for guys like that. Like you're the guy, you're the man coming out of high school. You expect to go in and do things and be able to kind of just put up numbers and uh, affect winning. And it's just different basketball. So everybody takes a little bit of time to get used to it. And on top of that, you're at Villanova. It's not easy as a freshman. So. There's a lot of learning, a learning curve there that you have to kind of get over. But um, that year was definitely really hard. We relied on E and Phil to get us through a lot of shit, and it wasn't pretty in the beginning. And then they kind of willed us to win or tie the regular season. Actually, Miles Powell kind of – we relied on him because they beat Marquette and somehow yeah. Marquette folded. Right. didn't win. <laughs> and then we ended up – I think we lost to Seton Hall. Our last we lost game. to Seton Hall down the stretch and then beat lost them in Hall. the final. I think it was the final. Yeah, because yeah, it was lost, uh, in, the in the semis and then and then you beat. Yeah. 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 That was the power in the regular season. And we were like, it was a chance to like tie for the regular season if Marquette won. Yeah. And they ended up going to Georgetown and losing to like Akinjo and McClung when they were freshmen. And we were like, oh, shit, we just tied and we lost. Like, we tied the Big East and we lost. And Coach was flaming us on the on the bus ride home. Like, <laughs> flaming us. Like, you guys just won. You, like, tied the Big East, like, for the Big East regular season championship. And you just lost the game. 
and it was bad. And then Phil and E kind of carried us through the tournament. And Jermaine played really well one game. Sadiq played well in the championship. So it was just – it's the journey of a season. The journey of a season is weird. Like, stuff happens. Like, you got to have a little bit of luck. Like, uh, Providence last year, they had a little bit of luck. The year before, we had a little bit of luck not having to play games. Marquette this year had to play games – they had a tip in it at the buzzer, I think. And then Cockrenner wasn't playing one game. So, like, there's a little bit of luck that goes in it with, like, every team that wins and the journey of a season, like, not having injuries, um, being able to play teams that do have injuries. Like, anything could happen. I guess the uh, – I guess my question is, and we'll close out the Big East tournament uh, chatter here. Is there is there a particular team that you'd like to see us avoid? No, I mean you wouldn't like. Yeah. You're not going into anything saying that you want to avoid somebody, um, or a particular team you don't think we match up particularly well against. Maybe that's a better way to frame that. I mean, I think we match up well against everybody. Um, like we've had, we we split with Creighton, we split with Xavier. We didn't beat Marquette, but we we were right there in both games. Two at home with, yeah. without Justin, and then on the road we crumbled down the stretch. And um, UConn, first game we were there without Justin. Last game was just bad. Like you have one of those, like you just gotta flush it. Whatever. I don't know about like I don't know about Providence, so I'm not I'm not scared of Providence. Yeah, but I like us. I like our team. Yeah. Why, not? Why not us? Why not us? Let's, let's win four in a row and keep on winning. Love it. Willie, so do you have any – do you have a oh, PCL got, question you got to get out? I got PCL. I got a rapid fire. We can go rapid fire. I got a couple, <laughs> I've got a couple of questions. Um, Jet, all right, we're going to go rapid. This is a new segment. It's my rapid fire questions. We're making this happen right now. Um, what was your welcome to Villanova moment? So when you got on, you're like, what the fuck? All right, this is different. All right, it didn't happen to me, <laughs> but we were playing. Uh, we were playing in open gym in the summertime, and Jalen scored. We were playing open gym. It was like threes and twos, maybe, and it was make it take it. And Jalen scored like seventeen straight, and they and it was just over. <laughs> and it was all post. It was all post ups. <laughs> it was the same play. It was all post ups, and he scored seventeen straight. Yeah, I'm talking I'll about do. like fadeaway, like. Fadeaways, shooting it like high as fuck and not hitting any of the rim. <laughs> yeah. I was just all right. like, all right. Because he kept calling the same – he got mad about something. He kept calling the same play. And he was just scoring every time. And I was like, all right, this is what we're doing. <laughs> hey, I was on his team and I was just standing in the corner. <laughs> all right. So then taking that, what was your welcome to college basketball? So happened to you on court. What was your welcome to college basketball moment? I'm trying to think about who we played freshman year. Uh, freshman year. Are you trying to think of? I mean, I had a lot of shit happen to me freshman yeah. year. Um, bro- we had the broken hand, right? You broke your hand. Yeah, there was an illness hand. going around the team that year yeah, with the broken yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had. I'm trying to think. Like, I airballed my first college shot. And then I hit two threes, like, right after it. And I was like, all right. Like, I'm in, like, a – we were playing Columbia. And I was like, all yeah. right. Like, 
I could do this a little bit, I guess. Um, Cause no, I was under, I was like really low recruit. Yeah. Compared to everybody else. I was like, I could play. Um, and then it was the kid that transferred to Michigan. He was really small. Jalen Llewellyn? That make no, 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 no. He came from Columbia. Mike Smith? Oh, Mike Smith, yeah. Okay. He crossed me over and laid the ball up, and I swear to God, I was still three-point line. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, damn, I, that would look really, really bad. <laughs> then we got a Big East play, and I was, we were playing like Marcus Howard, and Shamari Pons was another one. Oh, yeah. And those dudes were fast, and I was like, damn. I think All I almost right. fell one time. Marcus Foster was crazy at Creighton. Forgot about him. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you did overlap. I forgot you would have overlapped wow. with him. Yeah. Marcus Marcus Foster at Creighton, he was different. That guy like, was, yeah, he was something. I I totally forgot about him, but he was something. Yeah, else. Holy cow. Shit. There was like, Thomas. We played some big dudes. I was oh small my gosh. myself here. Yeah. And I was like not strong. Like I wasn't strong. I wasn't physically there yet. So I play, we played some strong dudes when I was a freshman. Kyrie Thomas was big as shit. So Kyrie Thomas was known as a great defender. This is actually kind of a good question. Who is the toughest person who defended you? So just thinking about all throughout time, I'm sure McHale is probably an answer, but let's say non-Nova. Yeah. Um, he wasn't, like, tough, but he was annoying. Like, anybody that flops. Because, yeah. I like, I got the notion, like, I push off. Which oh, Big Twitter is going to love to hear that. Yes, you do have that. You do have that I reputation. Have I push off a little bit. So, and sometimes I do, but sometimes they were bullshit calls. Like I didn't push <laughs> off every time, and people started to flop. And uh, Posh, Posh flops all the time, but he wasn't like <laughs> he was just like annoying. And then, um, but like Aaron Thompson was really good. Yeah. Uh, because I had played against him, but he fouled so much, and he never admits to it. He always would foul. Um, but I'm trying to think my in-between years, if there was anybody. Uh, Daryl Morcel was really good last year. He's yeah, yeah, Did he play the year? defense player of the year last year? No, Cockbrenner did, right? No, uh, I think it might have been Cockbrenner, but there was he won the, he won Manaya was on the list, but I think it was Cock I think Cockbrenner won defensive player of the year. I'm not hearing Manaya. That's my guy. I, I had what's called with him this summer, but he was not <laughs> he wasn't he's not like a sit down and like he just affects the game with like off the ball steals and his length. Like guys on the ball that are really like Morcel was tough on the ball because he's longer, he's big. It was Kalk. Um, it was, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I looked it up. It was Kalk. Yeah. There was, I played for so long. Yeah, you did. So um, uh, Justin Simon was tough on the ball. Yeah. From St. John's. I don't know. There's so many guys. All right. We're, we're, we're winding down here. Got a couple more. Best trash talker. Oh, man. Trash talk. Like that I played against? Uh, either or against or some it could be someone on the Nova team that has like wild trash talk because I know that that we don't get the there's never the oh Villanova's yep. a trash talking team but I know Justin, we talk some Justin shit. Justin talks a lot of shit. <laughs> um, but, but it's like good when you're on his team. Yeah, because like he, uh, we never like talk shit to each other, but like mm -hmm. when we're on the same team, we would we would talk shit to people. 
like low, like under our breath. Like I remember uh, the St. John's game last year. Uh, it was always St. John's, St. John, like a Wusu talks so much shit. <laughs> I'm unsurprised by that. I'm like, no. why? For what? Like he, we were, they were down like 17 last year and we ended up getting to like a, like a little scuffle. And it's always Slate that comes in. He has nothing to do with it. And he always comes in. He's like involved somehow. And then coach starts yelling at him. I'm like, Slate, you, you're doing this to yourself. <laughs> so Wusu like, he like bumped me and then laid it up and I kind of just let him have it. Cause I wasn't going to foul him. We were up like 17 with two minutes left and he said something to me. So then I, so then I said something back and uh, Soriano got like mad and heard what I said. So he came at me and I just started walking. Like I didn't say anything. I was walking back. Cause I was like, coach, right. Pissed if I like get in trouble. Like if I get yeah. like a tech right now or a double tech. So then slate comes out of nowhere and I think they gave him and uh, Soriano a double tech. He so came like, right up to Soriano. I think I remember that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, I like tried to grab him, and I was like, why? Like, it was good. I was gonna get away with it. He was. They they didn't. The refs didn't see me. Like, I, we were gonna get away with it. And then he like came running over. But it was always guys at St. John. Like Adayo Wusu was. He talked a lot of shit. That New York ball. God knows what reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. Chuck Harris talked shit. Okay. Because uh, the DMV, he went to Gonzaga, so all the DMV guys knew him. But they, it was funny. Like, they would be on the phone, and they would be talking shit to us. And, we like, literally right after, we beat him by 40 at home. Like, just hey, like what on the phone. I'm like, bro. <laughs> like, I was like, just hang up at this point. Give it, like, a week <laughs> before you do this shit. <laughs> No, it was, there, there was a lot of good stories. It was fun. College basketball was fun. Colin, have you ever asked Coach Wright why he left your game against Newman in high school saying he played well, but he didn't score a lot, and you had 42? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like uh, – I knew he was there, and then he called me after he left, and he was like, I thought Quad A had 42, and I thought you had like 30. But uh, I, got to, I got to the foul line a lot. He probably didn't. I don't know. Well, apparently the assistant said to him, well, I just checked the uh, box score. I think 42 is a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Coach Wright was probably just – well, it was probably during his season. He probably was like, I don't give a shit about this kid. He's in high school. <laughs> He's probably just like, whatever. Uh, so hey, one of the assistants, go go talk yeah. to him. <laughs> so yeah, he didn't piece... say. He, didn't, he left. Uh What's it called? Stayed. I don't. I forget who was there. Ash was there, maybe, and it might have been like because they were there for Dada too. So yeah, and Quade obviously committed like right before. So so let's talk about the PCL. Gets to my question: What Nova teammate outside of like Dada or anyone who actually played in the PCL do you think would do best? Would have done best in the PCL? And I'm sure Justin and all the DMV what kids. Nova were, teammate. Yeah. What Nova teammate? <laughs> Any of my Nova teammates would have been really good in the Catholic League. Like, um, we had some guys come out of the Catholic League, but yeah, Nova. Uh, shit. Because for my money, it's PCL and the WCAC for the two best conferences in college or high school basketball. The, yeah. the DMV and the PCL. Those are two. Yeah, they're like on the East Coast because there's the a lot East. West Coast, like West Coast that are really good. Um, and the the PCL like Philly kids they talk shit. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would imagine. Like, you would have needed to uh, be able to hold your own and not fold under pressure. Um, well, I mean, I played McHale in high school. He killed us uh, when, I, when I was a freshman. I didn't play at all. I just watched him. and He was killing us. So he would have been good. I feel like Dante would have been really good because he played at Delaware and like yeah. oh man you just are you saying Delaware right doesn't now. count like it does like not comparable for PCL Keep that makes Delaware sense. out your mouth Brian what I'm saying is like someone from Delaware doesn't get it I think is what he said oh shut up <laughs> I mean he would he would have been good because Dante talks shit too yeah and that actually gets to my last question is there an NBA player group text for all the Nova players I feel like people want to know that uh-uh. No, all right. we just we all keep in touch. Yeah, like Mikhail was at the game yesterday. I was talking to him like while it was happening. <laughs> I uh, I would uh, yeah, we did see Mikhail at the game at the at the Nova game yesterday. Um, I know you've had a good experience in Denver, but are you feeling a little pull to try and get traded to New York because <laughs> everyone's there? They're tampering. <laughs> tampering. They're tampering. <laughs> uh nah i love it out here um but they they're getting nova guys left and right out there in new york so you know in denver i know they like their their beef have they taught you how to you how to eat like medium medium rare even beef are you still on I'll medium never eat medium rare steak that's <laughs> disgusting this is so crazy this is this is offensive to me where did this come from you just always like eat it medium well you don't like it medium well? You like it medium rare? Yeah. Yeah. That's disgusting. It's like oh my God. it's like chewing on raw meat. Like it's that's un- uncooked like, meat. It's it's gross. You should cook your meat. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll I'll eat like medium, but like just a little bit of pink. Like I don't want like yeah. where like it's like chewy and rubbery. That's disgusting. We've evolved as a human species to eat cooked meat and these people are just a little bit below us. In that. Mediums as far as I go. I'm with you. Oh, my gosh. Get oh out my of here. I grew up on Well Done, which is a whole wild different thing. Steak. So. I've eaten steak tartare, all right? That's yeah. that's that's literally raw. <laughs> Alan, do you eat sushi? No, I hate sushi. Starting to make a little more sense. Oh, you're, you're consistent at least. That, so. that, that yeah. tracks. That tracks. So he wants, he wants cooked food. I appreciate that. I'll, I won't eat like – you know how they have like salmon sometimes is not cooked? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like a seared tuna. Yeah. Yeah, that's disgusting. (laughs) Like cook like it's meant to be cooked. Like I'm not like eating this fish raw. Like cook the food. (laughs) Yeah, this is I I really love this. I really do love this. It's great. All right. Um guys, anything else? Colin, anything else from you? One more. Actually, right, what was well, your favorite Big East? Let's just have what a conversation. Your, yeah, right. What was your favorite Big East moment? Like, I know mine of yours was Providence last year. Jed, that was just, I was in the stands and I was like, oh. That game was fun. That was so much. I don't think I've ever heard game. the dunk louder that for that entire game. Getting like, daggers. Fun, they're all drunk. Like, they'll flip you off. They're like, they're saying shit to coach. It's just like fun. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't think I've. I lost the Providence in Providence my freshman year, but like the whole like oh it's so hard to win in the amp or whatever Dunkin' Donuts Center that's bogus. <laughs> this is so easy to play in. I'm tired of that. I'm here. <laughs> easy to play in because of sight lines, or is there something else? 
<laughs> oh, it's just fun. Like, yeah, it's just you versus all of them, and they're all like shitting on you. And I'm just like, this is so fun. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna win. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I I'm curious now because you you mentioned that like the arenas don't bother you, like they don't phase you too much. So Bloody and I went to the Kansas game at Kansas. Your oh, sophomore year, I've ever played in. Okay. Yeah. That like was, that, I was going to say, that place was nuts. Yeah. No, the, Big East is like, I think the, the loudest Big East fans is when you're in Creighton on like a dollar beer night. Like, yeah. they're crazy and they have like the biggest arena outside of Wells Fargo. It's like 20,000 or something like that. Yeah. They're the loudest because there's so many and they're far from the court, which is kind of crazy that they're that loud because everybody else is really on top of you, like at all the other schools. Um, Creighton's the loudest in the Big East, like their fans, because their arena's the biggest, I think. Um, but Kansas, I actually like I would look at Coach Wright and I couldn't hear a thing. Like yeah. I couldn't hear him. Yeah. I was trying to read his lips and I was at at one point I was like, I can't hear you at all. I was like, <laughs> you need to come up with like some sort of hand signals. But it was wild. Like it was an eleven AM, like eleven thirty AM tip. They were in yeah. there at like eight thirty for our warm-ups. And then I don't know if you – I think it was Wolf of Wall Street when they do, like, the thing where they beat on their chest. Yeah. yeah. They all hum. Yes. They yeah. were doing that shit, and I was like, what are they – what is going on? Yeah. It was it was the coolest arena I've ever been in my life. Without a doubt. Yeah. 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 No question. And I played – UCLA was really cool. Yeah. They were loud, and it was like a whiteout. That was really cool. Baylor let me down. That was weird. Texas, we didn't really get the full – I don't uh, know if the Baylor game played out the way. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We got smoked. They spanked us, but yeah. they let like they weren't like it wasn't like a great like crowd or arena yeah. like, atmosphere to me. Texas, but, you like, played in COVID, so it wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't think we played anywhere sophomore year. Uh, Ohio State. Ohio State that? was. They were all right. They said some crazy shit to coach, like because their students were right there. Yeah, this is some wild stuff to coach. When I was on the bench, I was like, I heard it. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that yeah. kind of makes me want UConn to play there so that Hurley can can deal with I it. I hate UConn. Where did we play last year? Wait, at UConn? You played at the uh, – you always play at XL. You played at the Hart- – they always play us at Hartford. Yeah, XL. Their their fans were loud in there last year when the ref got – when the ref threw him out. Oh, yeah. 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 So what, what were they saying? I forget what they were saying. I uh, mean, they probably were saying, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Some combination. I think it was James Breeding, so I think they were saying "fuck you, Breeding." I think that was exactly what they were saying. That fucking guy. <laughs> we made the same call at the end of the game because of that. <laughs> I refuse to not believe it. The uh, I'm not even mad about the charge one. I'm mad. I'm more mad about the jump ball. That was the jump ball was fucking horseshit. Was dog shit. Yeah. The, the charge it could have gone either way. He was moving, but I don't really care about that one. I'm more pissed about the jump ball. The jump ball, yeah. But also, the uh, the play in uh, when Slate blocked uh, in the tournament. I think it was Jackson, right? Was it Jackson or was Martin. it Polly? It was Martin. Martin. It was Martin. It was Martin. Hurley in the first half, somebody like like blocked Jermaine, and it was like they like punched his shit like bad, and Hurley was like walking on the court like talking shit. It took everything in me. Not to say something to him when Slate blocked it, dude. He was like, because he was screaming, like, give me that shit, give me that shit. And I was like, 
I was so excited to like say something back to him, like when play blocked it, and then I just took everything inside of me to be a Villanova <laughs> basketball player for twenty seconds. Phenomenal. Yeah. Big East. It'll do it. Well, there was Texan there. There was Texan our game at UConn this year. Um, I think Jackson sure. said something to Neptune or something like that. Oh yeah, he's another one. He talks shit too. Yeah, that doesn't surprise unless, me. Unless like I, like I said something to him last year because we like I like posted it up and got an M one. I said something to him and he didn't really say anything. But there was tech, there's always Texan our UConn game for some reason. Last year at home, they got into it after I got hurt, and then. Uh, at UConn, Justin threw the ball at Jackson, putting it on the ground. Oh, yeah. There's always stuff going on with UConn. Because they're like – they take after Hurley. Like, Hurley's like crazy, talk shit. And, like, if you're playing for him, you probably love it. I would love it. Like, if my coach was – like, Coach Wright's obviously the class of the Big East. He's not doing that. What's Nep style? Nep talks shit to his own players. As an assistant, he did, at least. I don't think – he's probably not doing that now. But, um, yeah, he's probably not doing, like, getting crazy like that. But he'll definitely talk shit to you if you were – when he was an assistant, he talked shit to us a lot. Like he like he'd ride you guys? Yeah, just like um, – <laughs> I remember one time we were scrimmaging uh, UNC, uh, and I wasn't playing in it, and Justin had, like, 40. And uh, he was on him all week about, like, Cole Anthony. He was like, Cole Anthony's going to bust your ass, blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, not playing at the time, so I was just arguing back with him. I was like, no, like, Justin's going to kill him. <laughs> so then after, like, we got back on the bus, and, like, I said something to Nep, and Coach was like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that right now. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> That's terrific. All right, I have I got nothing else. Okay, I got nothing else. That's pretty good, yeah. Awesome. This All right, fun. Colin, really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Um, love to have you back another time. Hopefully, we're uh, we have more podcasts uh, this season because we keep winning. So we still do the uh, the what's called Shaq fit plays the the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh yeah, I, totally. I used to see those on Twitter last year. I used to laugh. Yeah, we did I, was, I was dying. We were, I think the uh, it was the one where Slate had the block shot. I was dying. Shaq, like, I got Shaq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was fucking dying when he did that. We got Shaq on the uh, we got Shaq on the podcast a few times, and uh, and he was uh, and he was he was really amenable to it. So I I had texted him and I was just like, can you do this because it would be it would be awesome. Yeah, he's hilarious. I and love Shaq. Y'all did the workout with him, right? Like a couple years back. We did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, like you came in and worked out with him? We, yeah, we yeah. came in and worked out with him. And um, Rob's, in, Rob's in good shape. But if you could look at me, you could see me. I'm, eh, I leave something to be desired. So it was, uh, I got my ass kicked pretty bad. I, uh, yeah, he's known for the uh, freshman, like your first week there, he'll do a circuit. And like, I remember I was throwing up in the bathroom because Dada and Jermaine weren't there. So I was literally by myself. Oh. I was like thrown up in the shower after Slate was literally like passed out after like his workout. Had to like take him to the fucking hospital. It's, just... it's like you're what that was that's literally my welcome to Villanova. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a good non basketball welcome to Villanova, like welcome to college. Like just 
eat my ass in a workout. Yeah, I knew we got a toned down version of Shaq. So I <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Very, yeah. very, very toned down. Just by the fact that he let me live, so that was uh, <laughs> part of it. Uh. All right, all right. That's it. That's all we got, uh, Colin. Really appreciate you coming on, uh, coming on the podcast. Um, as far as for our listeners, uh, we will be back at the end of the Big East tournament uh, to recap whatever happens uh, from here. Uh, and, and if God willing preview our next tournaments, um, if that's the NCAA NIT or what have you, uh, preview our next tournament draw. Um, and then we'll be with you every week, uh, throughout the rest of the season. And then at the end of the season, we always do the forties and we'll be with you, uh, with that episode as well for our annual award show. Uh, so, um, thank you everybody for listening. And as always, let's go Nova.